This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio, wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. Here we go. It is the final Black and Blue Report of 2015. Welcome in, everybody, to the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. I'm Sean Kelly. Greetings from Studio B on Airline Drive today. Yep, we are wrapping up uh, 2015 with you here on New Year's Eve, and, and Happy New Year's, everybody. So glad that you've been a part of our 2015, and we look forward to a great 2016 upcoming. Uh, both teams will be looking forward to a, a turn of the calendar year, I think, and in some ways we'll be looking uh, very much forward to just a busy weekend, too. And we're going to talk about all that, uh, starting with the Jim Henderson, the voice of the New Orleans Saints today. The Saints will be wrapping up the season on Sunday against the Atlanta Falcons. And since this is our last show of the week, uh, we'll uh, use that visit as kind of a final note on the regular season and a preview as to what we may see uh, against the Falcons on Sunday. The Pelicans will play twice. Tonight on New Year's Eve here at home at the Smoothie King Center, it's the Pelicans and the Clippers at 7, and then at Dallas at 7.30 on Saturday night is the first game of, I guess, the new year, if you know what I mean. Um, you know, of course, uh, it'll be the same continuous season here for the Pels, who will look to to uh, sweep the weekend and maybe get themselves back on track. It's interesting. Uh, tonight at home, the Pelicans are playing very well. Seven and six, they'll play a Clippers team that is without Blake Griffin. Uh, and then that Saturday game is on the road, where the Pelicans are nearly 12 points per game worse scoring-wise on the road and obviously giving up more points to their opponents. So that drastic... A uh, drop-off from home to road has got to cure itself, and maybe it can this weekend. Yesterday, Alvin Gentry said after practice he may shake some things up even more. So uh, tune in tonight to the Pelicans Radio Network, and uh, perhaps uh, when we visit with Alvin Gentry uh, during um, Pelicans warm-up with Daniel Salerson, uh, we'll know what he what he means by shaking things up. Uh, it may be subtle, and we may not be able to pick up on it, but it's certainly a storyline going into uh, tonight's basketball game. This Clippers outfit uh, is doing just fine without Blake Griffin. I mentioned that he's out. He has a torn quad tendon. Uh, but they are now wrapping up a five-game road trip here in New Orleans tonight. And they've won uh, four so far, including a win uh, last night at Charlotte. And no problem with scoring the ball. Chris Paul is red hot right now. So is J.J. Redick and Jamal Crawford, for that matter, too. So uh, just because Griffin's out, don't, don't think this is going to be some pushover tonight in the Los Angeles Clippers. They seem to have figured some things out, and uh, they'll be looking to finish a perfect road trip before heading home to uh, Los Angeles. So keep that in mind. 7 o'clock tip-off tonight. Drew drew a holiday bobblehead night, and I'll touch on that again before we finish up our show. Uh, As far as basketball goes, we'll talk about tonight's game and the league in general with uh, J.A. Adande. Uh, J.A. is uh, a guest of Daniel Salerson's a little bit later here on the Black and Blue Report. Very much looking forward to that visit. Hey, before we take our, our first time out um, and get set for Jim Henderson, certainly want to recognize the passing of Doug Atkins, uh, the uh, Pro Football Hall of Famer, uh, an original Saints, the vicious defensive end. I mean, 6'8", and was a monster, uh, passes away yesterday, and certainly uh, we want to mark that moment in time and uh, for just a moment even just celebrate his meaning to uh, the New Orleans Saints as, a, as an original member. But but also as a Hall of Famer as he retired uh, as a New Orleans Saint. So, again, his passing yesterday uh, in the state of Tennessee, 
Uh, he was a Tennessee volunteer, also played a good chunk, most of it really, of his professional career with the Chicago Bears. But uh, certainly I will ask Jim Henderson about Doug Atkins uh, and what he can recollect from the man's life and career uh, coming up here as well. So with that being said, let's take our first break and then get to our, our great guest today. We had great guests yesterday. We're doing it again today. Jim Henderson, voice of the Saints, one last time this season right after this. Ever been surprised by a bill? A big bill that's higher than expected? Entergy's online tools let you take control. Try level billing so there are no surprises. Pick a due date that works for you. And sign up for alerts to remind you when your bill is due. Make your bills fit your budget. Don't wait another month. Take action today at EntergyIdeas.com. That's the power of people. Entergy. Join your New Orleans Pelicans Thursday, December 31st at 7 p.m. at the Smoothie King Center when the Los Angeles Clippers tip off against your New Orleans Pelicans. Come out and ring in the new year with the Pelicans during our Smoothie King New Year's Eve celebration. The first 8,000 fans in attendance will receive a Drew Holiday bobblehead courtesy of Smoothie King. Tickets are going fast, so don't miss out on any of the fun. And call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to get your tickets today. The Harlem Globetrotters bring their 90th anniversary world tour to the Smoothie King Center for two shows Saturday, April 2nd. Witness some of the world's best athletes execute unbelievable feats of ball handling, trick shots, and comedy. It's the team's most epic tour in 90 years and a lifelong memory in the making. Score your tickets at Ticketmaster.com and don't miss your chance to get in on the action at the Smoothie King Center Saturday, April 2nd at 2 and 7 p.m. We're talking Saints football on the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. We continue here on this Thursday, this New Year's Eve, with our favorite guest, Jim Henderson, the voice of the New Orleans Saints, gearing up for Friday, or Sunday's finale, rather, against the Atlanta Falcons. Jim, happy New Year to you, my friend. Sean, and the same to you, the happiest of New Year's. Thank you. I think 2016 will be fantastic, or at least I'm hoping it is, because otherwise... What would you look forward to at this point? That's right, and I think, you know, uh, this is a, a rough year. 2015 was a rough year for everybody, so I'm looking forward to a better year ahead. No doubt, no doubt. And it all begins, hopefully, maybe with a win this weekend. But like you said, many more blessings to come. Um, speaking of blessings, I was watching uh, the 10 o'clock news last night on Fox 8, and uh, they played back the highlights of the muffed punt by the St. Louis Rams that uh, got New Orleans, I think, into the playoffs in, I want to say that was 2000. It was and 2000. overlaying the video, of course, was your radio call. Yeah, it was their first playoff win. I can't believe it's 15 years ago. It's crazy. And, uh, and, I, and I can't believe that, you, that that was the moment that you realized that there was a God. <laughs> well, you know what, Sean? I was remarking to my wife last night. We were up here in our living room, and I said, you know what? Fifteen years ago, I'd come back up here after that game, and everybody had gone to bed, and it was cold, and I'd build a fire in the fireplace, and I'm just sitting there thinking back on the day and uh, how momentous it was with the Saints having their first playoff win. And then I thought about how I closed that call with there is a God after all, and I said, boy, I'm going to take a lot of flack for that. And, of course, this was in the day before Twitter and cell phones, so there wasn't a lot of people that could contact you. But I had one lady, and I, I fully understand it, who 
who contacted me and said, I've always known there's a God. And I said, I, I truly respect that. This was just something I said off the top of my head. But it was such a wonderful moment that was the reaction I had. And hers was the only reaction to the contrary that I ever heard. And I can fully understand how she might have felt that way. But I expected to take a lot of grief for that and only took a little minimal amount. That's interesting that you would say that. And I guess now that you've mentioned it, I, I understand. But at the uh, but on the other hand, the whole time I was thinking about the raw emotion of it and trying to encapsulate that moment. And something, you know, obviously that is not being flippant about it, but um, I, I, I didn't think it would come to that. And it's interesting that you brought that up. Well, you know, I'd watched this team suffer so many playoff defeats and last-second defeats and having big leads that they had blown, and that's kind of the way you felt about that game. The Saints had gone out on top, and then they had a bunch of injuries. They'd lost Willie Jackson, Joe Horn. Uh, they were really decimated as they went through the final half of that game, and you just felt the momentum slipping away. The Rams were on the move. Saints had to punt. You just knew what was going to happen. The Rams were going to return this thing and go in for a game-winning touchdown. And then when he dropped the ball, when Hakeem dropped the ball and Brian Milne fell on it, it was such a relief to know that this isn't going to happen this time. This is going to be a playoff victory. This is not going to be another one of the Saints' classic playoff failures or failures in big games. And one of the coolest things that happened afterwards um, of course, Brian Milne, who was never anything more than a special teams player, a backup fullback, fell on the ball. And um, my son, knowing Dan Simmons, who was the Saints equipment guy, Dan, uh, within the year, said uh, to Derek, hey, look, I'm, I'm throwing away old jerseys, getting rid of some, some of these things. Would you like the Brian, Mil Brian Milne's jersey to give to your dad? So my, uh, my son got it for me. It was either for Father's Day or for Christmas in a shadow box with the quote of that game, Brian Milne, the most unlikely hero of them all, falling on the football. Uh, the, the, there is a God after all. And I've still got it up in my media room. I don't collect a lot of memorabilia, but that was a really special one. And I, I've told many people I might be the only person outside of Brian Mil Milne's family who has a Brian Milne jersey. That's outstanding. What a great story. Oh, my gosh. I had no idea that Derek had gotten uh, his hands on that. That is, that is fantastic. See, that's the kind of stuff, though, and you and I are around sports as much as we are, and over our careers, you could probably fill up an entire garage full of uh, meaningless crap, for lack of a better phrase, I guess. But those are the kind of things that you hang on to, and if there's going to be five or six things... That makes total sense. Well, a guy I used to work with in Atlanta, I'll see him this weekend, my old-time producer at WSB, a guy by the name of Bob Giordano, he had started out in Miami uh, as both a photographer and a producer, occasionally on the air, and he would um, collect some of the things that he'd come across in the course of, of certain stories. And one thing he did was uh, he had done a story with, with Angelo Dundee and uh, Cassius Clay training in Miami and got then Cassius Clay, later Muhammad Ali, to autograph a pair of his boxing gloves. He was just a, a young kid starting out. Well, Bob collected stuff like that, and when his, his daughter got married, he sold off some of this stuff and paid for the wedding. Wow. I would imagine <laughs> he had a nice wedding with that kind of a sell-off. That's for sure. Jim Henderson with us here, the voice of the Saints on the Black and Blue Report. Uh, Jim, real quick before I do uh, ask you about this weekend's game and, and the end of this regular season, I get asked about it a lot, and I and I always want to re defer to you, but 
Um, what is the latest with regard to Hokie Guy, John, and how is our good friend doing? Well, I just got off the phone with him within the hour, Sean, and he seems to be doing fine. He started back for his second round of chemo yesterday. He was hooked up to it as I talked to him, and he sounded fine. He said, so far, no adverse reactions. Uh, he recognizes that those days are probably ahead, but uh, he'll have five more days, including these last two of chemo. Then he'll have his two-week break, as he's had previously. He'll do another round of chemo, and then he said they'll go to, to Houston, to MD Anderson, and and figure out exactly where they are and uh, how successful these treatments have been and what their course of action will be thereafter. So he's just just great. And as we, as I closed my conversation with him, he said, hey, I just wanted to ask you one thing. I said, sure. He said, look, was I babbling too much on the air last Sunday? And as a joke, I said, no, no more than usual. But he was so concerned that the effects of the treatment might have impaired uh, his broadcasting ability, and I thought he did it. I thought he got through it great. I know he's a little tired at the end of the game, but uh, I think it's meant a lot to him to stay on the broadcast team, to, to have the camaraderie, the band of brothers sort of thing, and, and to see people at the at the Dome who uh, he's hung out with forever, and I think it, it boosts his spirits. Yeah, I know there have been some attempts to try and limit the flow of people into your broadcast booth, but hey, good luck with that, <laughs> Jim. <laughs> there was no way people were going to be able to stay away from Hokie Gaijan. Yeah, no doubt about that. Jim, I don't get too reflective on a team that struggled as much as the Saints have this season. Look, it's had its moments for sure, good and bad. So I don't want to go, you know, wax nostalgic about the season in general. But before we talk about this final game against Atlanta, let me ask you this. If you could think of just one Saint, perhaps, and and, and maybe you need two or three here, but just one Saint that you feel has made the most of their 2015 right off the top of my head, you'd have to say Brandon Cooks, and if not him, Willie Sneed. I mean, uh, you were up at the Greenbrier, as we all were, and you always try to focus on who's the guy that is the longest shot to have the chance to make this team, and all Willie Sneed did was catch everything thrown to him, and now he goes into this game on Sunday with 66 receptions and three touchdowns. So certainly he, Brandon Cooks, has truly uh, taken the next step to becoming one of the great receivers in the NFL this year. So huge growth there. Um, those are the people that come to mind most readily, along with Delvin Bro, who was another guy that everybody saw uh, way back on, on Airline Drive during some of the uh, OTAs that this kid has a chance, and now he's become an excellent cornerback. No doubt about that. I think they're all great stories, especially Delvin's for sure, and I, I've just gotten to enjoy just being around, his, be around him and his company at this point and um, continue good health for all those guys. When you look at this final game here, um, I, I like the fact that it's against Atlanta. It adds a little spice here, Jim, as always. Um, how are you frame up what is a, a game that on the surface here is meaningless for both teams, but then again, it's not? Yeah, and you know, I think for one thing, Sean, um, it's very difficult to beat a team that's in your division to sweep a series. And certainly Atlanta will have the greater revenge motive than the Saints having lost for the first time after five straight victories against the Saints back in October in the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. Atlanta would like to close fast uh, with a third straight win, um, cap their season. They've already won two more games than they did a year ago. I think they have a chance for their first uh, winning season since 2012. So um, take away that six-game losing streak in the middle of the season and some very close losses, I think four of the seven losses 
for the Falcons have been by less than a touchdown. They've got to be really pleased with their first year under Dan Quinn. And for the Saints, you know, obviously you'd like to go out with a good memory. And, uh, you know, ever since the Saints came off that losing streak of, um, of four games, it's been loss, win, loss, win. And I think they'd more than likely love to have a, a second straight win, especially at being against the Falcons to close this season. Were you surprised that Drew Brees was able to play the way he did last weekend? And uh, does that does that for you just add to his his story overall? Yes, definitely. I mean, when this first came up, I think everybody we all jumped to conclusions that uh, certainly he'll be out this week, probably the last two. Some people were saying, well, maybe this could even be career threatening. And the only thing you could uh, apply it to, as far as as a metaphor or an analogy, is what. Um, Peyton Manning was going through in Denver. He'd been out five weeks with a, uh, a, a which wasn't even a torn uh, plantar fascia, a strained plantar fascia in his left foot, not even his plant foot. So when you're looking at him being out for five weeks and unable to practice uh, a fourth straight day uh, after he tried to test it a couple of weeks ago, you're thinking, well, there's no way this guy with a, a torn plantar fascia in his right foot can possibly go, certainly Sunday, uh, maybe in the last game of the season, <laughs> for him to come out and play as well as he did, to throw for over 400 yards. Uh, he, he's just a remarkable athlete and a remarkable leader. That was a great story and a, and a great performance. Yeah, no doubt about that. I, I just I was I was amazed and shaking my head. I'm sure I'm sure you and and the other fans were as well in the Mercedes-Benz Superdome this past Sunday. Uh, Jim, two things before I let you go. Number one, Doug Atkins uh, passes away yesterday um, at, at a nice age. And a remarkable career for one of the original Saints and an NFL Hall of Famer. Six um, eight, vicious defensive end. Uh, do you have any stories regarding regarding him or the way he played or you know his association with New Orleans and the Saints? Well, I remember watching uh, from upstate New York as a Cleveland Browns fan, and the Browns and the Saints were in the same division way back then, the Century Division, as I recall. And I remember watching a game on TV. Uh, where Doug Atkins was lined up at his right defensive end position, and he was pass rushing against uh, the Browns, and Dick Shafferath, who was a very good but a bit of an undersized left tackle, was blocking against him. And Atkins put both hands on the shoulder pads of Dick Shafferath and vaulted over him, uh, just jumped right over him, spreading his legs apart, right over the top of the of the of the uh, tackle of the Saint of the the Browns, Dick Shafferath and sack the quarterback. So uh, he was a man amongst uh, boys in, in very many ways, and he just fit perfectly in New Orleans from what I understand. I only had a chance really to meet him at the Hall of Fame induction um, up in Canton. But, you know, his, his, uh, his ways in New Orleans were legendary as much as he enjoyed the French Quarter and uh, post-game imbibery. And, of course, there was always the, the story that went around, I don't know how apocryphal it might be, that, during training camp one time, I might have been in Thibodeau, I can't even remember, but uh, there were rookies above his room, and they were playing loud music and dancing and, and keeping uh, the veteran up, and he carried a revolver with him, and he just shot through the ceiling to quiet them down, which I think actually worked quite well. Didn't hit anybody, but they got the message. So uh, he was a, a true character, and I only wish I'd gotten a chance to know him better. I only saw him again, as I said, in Canton when he was inducted in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And I think at the time he was probably the first Saint to go in, though he was more a bear than a Saint, but he closed his career with the Saints. 
Yeah, no doubt. Are you sure that was about Doug and not you shooting through the ceiling? <laughs> no, that was him. That was him. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. Uh, finally, Jim, uh, whether it be tonight at midnight or here very soon, I'll be raising a glass to you. And in thanks, uh, obviously, for you spending uh, most of your Thursdays with us here again this past fall. Uh, we've learned so much more and uh, more importantly to your friendship and a happy new year to you again. Well, Sean, I feel exactly the same way. Getting to know you in the last year or so has been a lot of fun for me. It's nice to have somebody that shares similar opinions and uh, has a similar life to contend with in the good times and bad. So uh, the pleasure has been all mine, and I look forward to it continuing in the off season and next season as well. Absolutely. And uh, have a great call this weekend. Jim Henderson, voice of the Saints, uh, of course, on the Saints Radio Network this coming Sunday from Atlanta, Georgia. We'll be right back on the Black and Blue Report. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. Fall is here, which means there's a new purpose to get excited about at Smoothie King. It's time to bundle up against the weather outside and give your immune system a little extra support on the inside. At Smoothie King, we're blending our new Immune Builder smoothies to help you stay strong all season long. Fortify your body with more than 2,000% of your daily vitamin C and all-natural immune supporters like vitamins A and E, zinc, and selenium. Try a mixed berry or orange Immune Builder smoothie today. Only at Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Daniel Sellerson. Welcome back to the show. Time now to talk a little basketball. And joining me now for the first time is J.A. Adonde, who does it all for ESPN, writing on ESPN.com. He's a panelist on the hit show Around the Horn. He's also a sideline reporter for the NBA on ESPN. J.A., glad to have you on the show. Good to be here. Thanks. No problem. Jay, even though the Pelicans are off to a rough start, 10-21, and 21, I still want to get a national perspective on this team from guys like yourself who watch the NBA on a nightly basis. Anything stick out to you when it comes to uh, the Pelicans so far this season? Well, it's been the, the, the struggle and the drop-off, you know. Um, you know, the, the injuries as well. But this is a team people were hoping would take the next step after making the playoffs last year. And Anthony Davis would be in the conversation for MVP. And it just hasn't happened. So, you know, they're among the most disappointing teams in the league this year. Is there anything, do you think, can this be corrected based on just uh, tweaking things as far as lineups and adjustments and now finally getting healthy? Or is it something that you think maybe this team might have to make some moves come the deadline? I think getting healthy first and foremost, um, you know, but then I I think they're going to have to get back to to a defensive mentality. It's just weird. You know, the Warriors have struck this balance of, of offense, but they also had a, a top defense as well. And that's why it worked. That's why they were able to go places that even the Phoenix Suns couldn't when they were really rolling. And, uh, you know, Alvin Gentry is bought in for, for the offensive ideas, but I think the, you know, the roster needs to be tweaked so it can have some sort of a defensive identity as well. Uh, perimeter defenders, of course, now versatile defenders are so big. So you, You've got a guy that can stretch the floor, Ryan Anderson, but can he guard people the way that, say, Draymond Green can? Uh, you know, you want a forward who can guard people and guard people even bigger than him. 
but also still have the ability to stretch the floor with the shooting. Good point there, J.A. Um, tonight the Pelicans play the Clippers, who you wrote about last week on ESPN.com about how they're kind of stuck in the middle of the Western Conference pack and might not get out of it. With the additions of Stevenson, Josh Smith, and Paul Pierce, why hasn't this team made that big leap that some people expected before the season started? Well, in part because they rolled the dice on guys like Lance Stevenson <laughs> and Josh Smith, and it hasn't worked out. Um, you know, they got the version that, that the Hornets got and that, you know, the Detroit Pistons got of, of Stevenson and Josh Smith. So, you know, those are two chances that they took on upgrading their bench and their, and their bench has not been playing consistently, uh, to the point on Christmas Day, they're up against the Lakers. They had 28 point lead and they gave most of it back. The starters had to come back in. You wonder if that contributed to the injury that has Blake Griffin out now. I actually think in some ways the injury to Blake Griffin might help this team because they played well the last two games. They played well in Utah on a back-to-back. They kind of grinded out a win there. And then they really looked great and very energetic in their victory against Washington. And I think they're having to play much harder because they don't have Blake Griffin to to help carry them. So it it showed them the level of energy they need to play with if they're going to be competitive, if they're going to win more games and be a threat in this league. So maybe that can become a habit, and then when Blake Griffin comes back, then they can, if, if they combine that energy with the fully stocked roster, it's going to be a competitive team, but they're going to need to get a better bench play, which they've had of late from Cole Aldridge. Jock Rivers has started playing Cole Aldridge in Josh uh, Smith's absence, so to speak. It's not like he's missing, but he just isn't playing. And Cole Aldridge has given them some productive minutes off the bench. Interesting there. Um, at the beginning of the season, when the East got off to a good start and the West didn't look great, I think we all said give it a little bit more time and it would probably balance out, but yet there's still 10 teams in the East over 500 with about 50 games to go. Are you at all surprised by the East this year, and do you see it balancing out at some point maybe? I, I do think it would balance out, and it tends to balance out. That's why I think people overreacted a little bit when they said, we need to reseed the playoffs and just go 1 through 16 regardless of conference affiliation. I'm skeptical to do that just because, you know, these things shift. There's times, there have been times in the league where simply the, the – movement of one player can shift the balance of power. When Shaq went from Orlando to L.A., all of a sudden the Western Conference was more loaded than the Eastern Conference. Um, you know, Michael Jordan retiring shifted things. So it, it's uh, it's not – don't you can't get caught in the moment when you look at these things. And, and I think things tend to, you know, distribute. It's not always going to be as imbalanced as it was last year where the West was so competitive and the East has dropped off so dramatically after the top couple teams. Um, but generally, you'll have comp- competition in both conferences, and I think it's important to preserve that conference playoff structure just because it keeps the rivalries intact. You know, it's harder for teams to keep missing each other in the playoffs um, if they are in the same conference and, and there's an eight-team bracket as opposed to a 16-team bracket. So I'm in favor of keeping the conferences. Divisions, you know, they, they can kind of go away. I wouldn't mind that much, but keeping the conferences uh, matters to me. Yeah, I agree with you there. Um, in the East, out of those maybe 10 teams that are above 500 right now, which team has started off well that you thought might have struggled to start off the season? In the East? In the East. In the East, um, you know, the Detroit got off mm-hmm. to, to a good start for sure. Uh, the Knicks got off to a little bit better start. Um, you know, the New York media being New York media, I think people got a little carried away there. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, they, they got off to a little bit better start. I was actually slightly surprised by the Cavaliers doing as well as they did before Kyrie Irving got back. Uh, you know, I think LeBron expended a lot more energy than he had the previous start of the season, um, probably more than he wanted to. But I think he really wanted to set a tone earlier that they were going to be in championship hunting mode from the outset. 
and especially when he saw what Golden State was doing, he decided, okay, we we can't just cede this to them. We can't just let them run roughshod over the league and think, okay, well, we'll be there for them in the finals. You know, we need to adopt that championship mentality now. So I give him credit for a good job of keeping that team competitive while Kyrie Irving was out. Now they have their full team, and, and let's see what they can do. I, I think they'll be there. I, I think we'll have a rematch this year, Golden State and uh, and Cleveland. And, and San Antonio surprised me by how good they were defensively in the West. Uh, this was a team that lost Thiago Splitter. People might not have seen that as a big deal. They they kind of cleared him out to, to get the room to go after guys like LaMarcus Aldridge. But, um, you know, he was very important to what they did defensively. And, and I, I wasn't sure Tim Duncan wanted to take on the burden at this age of, of kind of being the last line of defense, but he has stepped up to that challenge. LaMarcus Aldridge has done a good job defensively. And then, you know, they've been a defensive-oriented team while they're figuring things out on offense. They can still get a lot better offensively as the Marcus Aldridge gets more comfortable as Danny Green starts to hit some shots. I'm glad you mentioned Golden State and San Antonio. They're the top two teams in the West, clearly. Um, Oklahoma City started off, well, just a few games back of the Spurs at three. Do you see this as more than a two-team race with maybe Oklahoma City in it if you can have a healthy Durant throughout the season? Or is it? do you think it's just going to come down between Golden State and San Antonio? Yeah, some people are saying Golden State doesn't, or I'm sorry, uh, Oklahoma City doesn't belong in that conversation. I think they do. I think it is three teams in the West, and I think you know if they really have it going, you've got the best one-two punch probably in, in Durant and Russell Westbrook. And and Durant, people haven't allowed for Durant improving his game. He's making more defensive plays. His passing has really been elevated of late. So Durant is becoming an even more complete player than he's ever been. And Westbrook remains just as, as ferocious and attacking a player as he's ever been. So I think Oklahoma City absolutely is is in the mix when you look at the Western Conference. What are the biggest differences you see uh, in this team with uh, new head coach Billy Donovan compared to those Scott Brooks teams from a couple years ago? Well, what they're trying to do is is to have a balance between ball movement and getting you know their, their two stars to, to take over. And he recognizes that sometimes as a coach you just sit back when you have that type of talent on your team and let those two guys go. But he's trying to set them up better um, you know, through the offensive system and also have them in position to, to help out their teammates through their offense. So um, that, that, that's, that's the quest that they're on there. Um, you know, We'll see if it comes to fruition. So far it hasn't been enough to get them past the top teams when they face them. Generally, but um, you know they've got they've got some good competitive tests coming up, including a trip to, to Golden State later this month. In the spirit of New Year's, everyone likes to make New Year's resolutions, but after a month, they don't keep them or forget about them. I won't ask you for personal New Year's resolutions, but I'll ask you to give me one or two storylines or players to look out for who are, who you want to see develop in 2016 before the playoffs begin in April. Well, I'd love to see Anthony Davis get in and win a playoff game if, mm-hmm. if he's going to take the suspension. For being one of the best players, um, you know it's, it's not completely out of question. Um, it's kind of you know on the borderline right now, but um, you know that I don't see any of the teams between them in the playoffs that are absolute you know locks to keep them out. Um, so I'd, I'd like I'd like to see more from Anthony Davis. I'd like to see his talent translate into victories more. Um, he's been able to put up great statistics. You know the next step is is getting getting your teammates to come along for the ride. It's interesting to just watch Kobe Bryant's press conference in Boston before his last game there, and he was talking about how the loss to the Celtics in 2008 really showed him he needed to find a way to adjust his leadership style to be able to get the best out of his teammates. Um, so, you know, maybe early in, in Anthony Davis's career for him to have this real sit-down with himself, but I, I think that's, that's the step he needs to get to is, okay, how can I use my talent 
make my team better and to, to guide them to victory. That's a good point right there. That's J.A. Donde from ESPN and ESPN.com here on the Black and Blue Report. J.A., thank you so much for the time. Happy New Year, and we hope to see you in New Orleans soon. I hope to be in New Orleans soon. I always like coming down there. Thank you, and Happy New Year. Happy New Year. All right, uh, Sean, we'll be back next on the Black and Blue Report. Life is busy. You need health care that can keep up. At Auctioner, we get that. So we've made our care more schedule-friendly, like offering same-day appointments. Need a primary care physician, a pediatrician, an OBGYN? We'll get you in to see someone today. Many of our specialists are available the same day, too. And with health centers all over Greater New Orleans, there's bound to be one near you. Many are open late and on weekends for your urgent care needs. And if it's something serious, Auctioner has you covered with nationally ranked care for your most complex conditions. Want additional convenience? Now you can make appointments with many of our physicians on our website. And once you become an Auctioner patient, you'll be able to do even more online, like email your doctors, see test results, and refill your prescriptions, all with a simple click. Make an appointment today at auctioner.org or call 866-AUCTIONER. Auctioner. Healthcare with peace of mind. Join your New Orleans Pelicans Thursday, December 31st at 7 p.m. at the Smoothie King Center when the Los Angeles Clippers tip off against your New Orleans Pelicans. Come out and ring in the new year with the Pelicans during our Smoothie King New Year's Eve celebration. The first 8,000 fans in attendance will receive a Drew Holiday bobblehead courtesy of Smoothie King. Tickets are going fast, so don't miss out on any of the fun. And call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to get your tickets today. It's Pelicans game day. This is the Black and Blue Report. Well, as we mentioned before, no Black and Blue Report tomorrow on New Year's Day. We'll be back on Monday and look forward to uh, wrapping up uh, the um, regular season for the Saints and a busy weekend for the Pelicans on that Monday podcast uh, just for you. Um, Don't forget to uh, be smart tonight. And I know you're going to hear this a lot throughout the day. You've heard it for, for years and years and years, but... It's so worth uh, mentioning again, there is no reason to drink and drive. Uh, Between Uber and uh, taxi service and friends and designated drivers, uh, please, please, please uh, be the smart one in your group. Uh, Take advantage of all those resources and and, and have a heck of a time tonight uh, ringing out the old and and, and celebrating the new uh, over New Year's Eve tonight. It's going to be a fantastic mood in our city. I hope the rain holds off. But New Year's Eve in New Orleans has become quite a spectacle, and uh, we have great crowds in town right now for the Sugar Bowl for Ole Miss and Oklahoma State. So certainly take part, have a have a, a, a snootful of fun and everything else. Uh, but please, 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 uh, be smart and, and be courteous by by not drinking and driving tonight. Uh, and feel free, by the way, to begin your celebration with us at the Smoothie King Center. Tickets do remain for tonight's ball game between the Pelicans. And the Clippers uh, will have you out of there at 9.30-ish or so. And uh, hopefully with the Pelicans win, you'll be off and into the night ready to celebrate. And then uh, tomorrow, you'll uh, not only have a Pelicans win and a Drew Holiday bobblehead doll, but the memories of a great, fantastic night. Thanks again to Jim Henderson. We can't thank him enough uh, for taking time each week to be with us on the Black and Blue Report, as he did with us again on this particular Thursday. And also to Daniel Salerson and J.A. Adande for making this uh, final show of 2015 a great one for sure. 
With that being said, we'll see you next week on the Black and Blue Report. We'll see you tonight on the radio. And Happy New Year again, everybody. I'm Sean Kelly, and we'll just say so long for just a while, and certainly so long to 2015. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back next week. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.